0: Hi, friends. Today's guests are Matthew and Joanna Rabsmith. They are the directors of the Rabsmith team. These are coaches and therapists that love to help individuals, couples, and families create life-giving change in themselves and in their relationships. In today's episode, Matthew and Joanna will help couples understand the ins and outs of rebuilding a healthy marriage after betrayal. There is hope and thriving intimacy as possible even after betrayal. This conversation will be especially beneficial for couples who are wanting restoration. For more information about Matthew and Joanna and their resources, visit rabsmithteam.com. For more resources, visit bebroken.org or check out links in today's show notes. And please rate and review the podcast after listening because this does help others to find it. Pure Sex Radio is produced by Be Broken Ministries, and Be Broken's mission is to help men, women, and families move from sexual brokenness to wholeness in Christ and equip others to do the same. Now, let's dive into today's conversation. All right. Well, Matthew and Joanna Rabsmith, welcome to the program.
1: Thanks. So good to be here. Yeah,
0: glad to be a part. Yeah, we're so excited about this conversation. You know, we Um, in our ministry, we serve so many couples, we get men and, and, and wives all the time that are just dealing with sexual brokenness in all kinds of ways. Um, but for our, uh, audience, just kind of get to know you for a second. Why don't you share a little bit about, uh, your own story and kind of how you've gotten into the work that you're doing now with helping couples on their journeys of restoration after brokenness? Yeah, our
2: journey, um, as a marriage started about 12 years ago um, and about three years into our marriage is when kind of everything kind of came to a head and, and discovery took place. And we knew, we knew that there had been this thing kind of going on in our relationship that was really keeping us from moving forward. Um, But we hadn't named it. I had hit it. You know, it was something that I, you know, struggled with pornography and these unwanted sexual behaviors for, for most of my life and, and including into our marriage. And that really kind of came out three years into our marriage nine years ago. And, and so when it did, we were really lucky at the time because we had been given a lot of resources, some, some really wonderful ministries and programs, some books that were kind of handed to us and said, okay, here, follow this, this path. And so we did. And it really kind of set us on this journey. And
1: and we were always really passionate from the beginning about if we're going to do this hard work. It's because we want to create something really good. We want a, a thriving relationship on the other side. And as Matthew was saying, we found a lot of fantastic resources, um, especially for him at the time. There's some really good resources. Um, fewer for the, the partner and kind of what the partner's been through. And almost nothing for the couple at that time. And and so um, we became really passionate about helping other couples on the journey, figure out what does it look like for our relationship to heal from from trauma, from betrayal, from what we've been through, Um, because there's just so much, I think, hope in our story, but also some, some pieces of guidance. And so we... Um, got professional training. I got an LMFT. Uh, we both have MDIS. Matthew's a coach, as well as additional trainings on top of that, specifically for sex addiction, betrayal, trauma. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we'll be sharing more about um, some of the specific resources that you guys have for couples mm-hmm. a little bit later. Um, but first, uh, I'd love for you to just share about where where does the process of healing really need to start for a couple mm-hmm. once? And, and I guess I should set it up this way. Uh, we're really talking about the couple where both spouses say, we wanna be in for restoration. Right. We are both in, we want to see you know, full restoration. We wanna see reconciliation. We wanna mm-hmm. see what you're talking about, that thriving, but where do yeah, they yeah. begin? What is so essential that they need to start with in order to actually eventually get where you'd like to see them go?
2: Yeah. A lot of it in the beginning is about rebuilding and kind of restoring. And the first thing we have to rebuild and restore is honesty, right? That so much of what happens in these situations in these couples is there's just this lack of honesty, this lack of openness. Mm -hmm. Everything is kind of covered in shame. It's hidden. It's manipulated. And so, and so for the couple to move forward, there has to be this new practice of kind of rigorous honesty of what's taking place, Mm -hmm. you know, and for, for someone who is going through personal recovery, if they're trying to really kind of create that transformation, that's scary, right? It's it's a little Mm -hmm. terrifying for me to, to kind of step forth and go, okay, this thing I've been hiding most of my life, you know, that I'm just learning how to kind of be open and honest, with. now I'm being asked to do it in the couple space, but it's really, really key because mm-hmm. that lets the couple know what work it really has in mm-hmm. front of it. And so mm-hmm. so a lot of everything, you know, everything we really help with couples first on is let's get that honesty out there, right? Which mm-hmm. sometimes looks like full disclosure, but it's also this kind of regular pattern of checking in, of, of knowing myself and kind of talking about what we're going through mm-hmm. in this process. And so yeah. once we've established that honesty, Now we can really begin to rebuild the relationship.
1: Yeah. And so that that relational work begins on day one, right? Because you're never not in relationship. Um, And so there's a lot of couples who kind of do very individual paths for a while and then hope that eventually that means the relationship will start to get better. Um, And so we kind of approach it a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. Um, It it definitely doesn't look like couples therapy or anything like that. In the beginning, there is a lot of individual work, but we keep the relationship in mind. How is this individual work going to impact and inform the relationship in which direction it's headed? And so, you know, that's kind of like Matthew's saying, full disclosure, regular check-ins learning to be, fully open and transparent with one another on a day-to-day basis. And once you have that openness, that honesty, then thinking about, okay, how are we going to start to rebuild the safety, the stability, the reliability of this relationship? Because that has been shattered, right? Um, but, But once we're fully honest, we actually have some hope that that can happen.
2: Yeah. Because without that honesty and safety, things are really chaotic, right? They're just any relationship that's either unsafe or dishonest. Mm -hmm. It's a very chaotic relationship. Mm -hmm. There's no stability. And so to get a couple stable, those are the areas that we address first so that they can kind of really launch from there. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, I I know there's couples that would be asking the question right now. They might even be kind of screaming at their podcast right now and saying, yeah, but OK, so what does that actually look like? Because you've mm-hmm. said a couple times full disclosure, you've said a couple times check ins. It's like, mm-hmm. what does that actually look like? And I know that, you know, the simple answer is like, well, it varies from couple to couple. <laughs> <laughs> but if you could give just like a little more like, hey, what are some best practices that you've seen yeah. regarding what is honesty and full disclosure and all that look like for couples? Mm-hmm yeah
2: I think and when we talk about honesty, one of the, the big components is clearing up the past, right When there's a lack of honesty, when information's been hidden, maybe some information got out, right? Maybe maybe a, a website was found or a search history was discovered. maybe, maybe I've confessed, right? You know I know a lot I work with a lot of guys who will confess every once in a while to their wife, hey, I'm struggling or this is a hard week. But it's not really a clear picture, right? It's a very muddy picture. If, mm-hmm. if pieces of the puzzle are coming out, they're kind of coming out haphazardly. Mm-hmm. So the first thing we have to do is we have to clear up the past. And so we'll talk to couples about we want a puzzle that's actually been put together, right? And so really a full disclosure is designed to create the full story of the past, put the pieces together and present it to the other person so that they really know what's happened. And to do that, you're really going to have to have help. You know, (laughs) if I've spent a lifetime avoiding, hiding, ignoring, Mm -hmm. it's going to be really difficult for me just to conjure up the past. And so it's a really methodical process to kind of rebuild our story, you know, through the things that I've left out, the pieces that I've hidden. And so we really usually encourage a, what we'd say is guided um, full disclosure or a therapeutic full disclosure, meaning you have somebody who's helping you walk through the process as a couple, both in what information should be shared, Mm -hmm. what questions should be asked and how to kind of process that.
1: Yeah. And so we'd recommend both, both people have their own support to walk through that process it, it's an actual written document that you all sit together and read through. Um, and so we want a lot of support for the partner, right? Because that's not going to be an easy process for the partner or for the betrayer kind of sharing those things. And so we really want a lot of safe support connection. And then and then after a full disclosure, right, we always talk about we never want to sit through you guys to sit through one of these again. And so that's going to mean showing up every day and being fully honest with each other, moving forward, right? And so that's where that check-in comes in. And we have a check-in structure. We give our couples a kind of starting point to guide them on what does it look like to be open and transparent? Because most couples who come to us, they have no idea, right? They don't know how to connect emotionally. They don't know what are the right things they should be sharing, right? And so, you know, I when I share about my recovery with my spouse, do I just tell them the things I did? Or do I tell them how those things are changing me? insights I'm having, right? And so helping couples learn deeper emotional relational communication and and how to demonstrate self-awareness in a way that builds safety for the other person.
0: That's great. So now that you've kind of got a a foundation laid there, how do they really start to then move toward the kind of deeper intimacy and and just really the the thriving that happens? Because you're right, that foundational level is honesty. You got to you know, um, I've always said that the the healthiest relationships have to have the foundation of the truth. You have to know yeah. what is true. Um, so where yes. do I go from there?
2: The next phase is rebuilding safety. And really that's about addressing destructive issues kind of in the relationship and specifically those that have been most problematic first, right? And so we will talk to couples sometimes, you know, when a couple comes in with betrayal and if they've been married a long time, mm-hmm. they kind of usually have you know, two issues, they, they have a, a heart attack, and they, they're probably dealing with some type of other long term issue, like a cancer, mm-hmm. we're going to deal with the heart attack first, because that's going to pose the biggest threat. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to deal when it comes to safety, we're going to be dealing with the betrayal first, right? Because I am going to have to demonstrate, if I was willing to betray, mm-hmm. can I show up in the relationship in a way that communicates, I won't go back to that space, mm-hmm. you know, and so my recovery program, The work that I do for myself and Mm -hmm. for my own journey should demonstrate to the relationship that I'm eradicating that from our past Mm -hmm. and I'm addressing the impact it's had on my family, right? The pain it's caused, the trauma that's been experienced by other people in the family system who've been lied to. Mm -hmm. As I do that, that's when the relationship will start to feel safe again, right? We've restored really the kind of relational Mm -hmm. safety that was taken
1: from that betrayal. It oftentimes looks like, taking responsibility for your recovery and your healing, right? Oftentimes, a betrayer may be kind of like shoved into recovery by the the wounded spouse. (laughs) Um, and, And so safety is established when it transitioned into something that they are personally taking on, taking initiative, responsibility for, right? Creating and honoring boundaries in the relationship to build safety, starting to be able to hold their partner's pain, around what they did and and make space for that, be a container for that pain, Um, that's a a huge step towards safety, right? When they're able to show up with empathy instead of defensiveness when Mm -hmm. their partner gets triggered, right? Those are all the types of things we're working on in that safety stage. Yeah.
2: And when those two stages have been really strengthened, with honesty and safety, that's what allows you to step back into more trust, mm-hmm. right? And trust is never a kind of yes or no. It's always a, a, a kind of a matter of degrees. Really? But when honesty and safety have really been strengthened, then it's much easier for, for the kind of betrayed partner to say, okay, yeah, I'm willing to, to move into yeah. a more balanced relationship. And that's really yeah. what we're wanting to get couples to and get them quickly mm-hmm. to a place where they feel rebalanced because any type of relational imbalance won't allow us to move closer to intimacy. It'll actually prevent intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and so it's that rebalancing that's so important. And so once honesty and safety are established and we're rebalanced, then we get to the really fun work. We get to the work of really healing our relationship fully together as a couple, rather than the kind of individual you know, stability work that we had at the beginning,
1: right, right. Now, and that's kind of the stage we'll talk about forgiveness and grief work and different steps like that with couples.
0: Yeah. Now, one of the one of the things that is certain to come up um, as you're thinking about these issues of honesty and safety, and then even the issue of like re- seeking to rebuild trust or or even establish trust, is that whole issue of there has been a betrayal. Yeah. What about forgiveness? Like, at, okay. how does that get woven into this? And, and how yeah. is that? And I think that's also one of those things And I'd love for you to speak on this, that can sometimes be seen as like this static, yes or no type thing. Right. What does this look right. like as part of the process? What does the process of mm-hmm. forgiveness look like as honesty and safety and all of this is being rebuilt?
1: Yeah,
2: it's a great question. And I think it is. We have so many, I think, misconceptions Mm -hmm. around forgiveness that that are so problematic to real relationships, right? Because Mm -hmm. forgiveness isn't a once and for all, it's a continual working Mm -hmm. out. And I think, you know, if that first phase is really about kind of stability and Mm reestablishing this kind of safe foundation, the second phase really is a full long phase of forgiveness yeah. work right that is it's a continual working out of of moving closer and closer and closer mm-hmm. until our relationship resembles as if there's been no betrayal before, mm-hmm. um, and that and and that doesn't mean we've forgotten the past, yeah. but we live as if that betrayal isn't kind yeah. of alive and well in our midst, right?
1: And no longer has power over us, or control over us, either individually or a relationship, right? And sometimes we'll talk about there's a difference between kind of individual forgiveness and relational restoration right? And, and so being able to sometimes talk about the different um, stages in both of those processes can be helpful, right? When we start forgiveness, we're not at the end of restoration yet, right? It's a long journey, both of those pieces. Uh, we have a, a four-hour teaching on forgiveness alone, so you can imagine we could go on for a while about forgiveness and what it is, what it isn't, what the practical steps of forgiveness look like, what it feels like, and, and it's so much more robust than I think most of us even learn about. And when we experience true forgiveness in relationship, it's pretty radical. It changes your life. Um, but yeah. I think a lot of us haven't actually experienced that. So it's new. It's new for a lot of couples, honestly, yeah. walking through that, trying to figure it out mm-hmm. in the middle and, and trying to figure out forgiveness when you're in the middle of a bunch of pain is really hard. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that is. it is definitely hard.
0: Yeah, you know, my wife, I think one of the 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 real markers that was kind of eye-opening for us in our own story was when um when she made the statement, "You know what? When I talk about our past, it feels as if I'm telling somebody else's story." Yeah, that's when you knew, you know, we're living from a new place. Now we're living from a new foundation. We're living a completely new relationship now. I I think it is important to offer that hope of like, cause when you're in the middle of the pain, it can feel like, you know, this feels like we're going around a merry-go-round. We're going the same over the same uh, path over and over and over again. And I want to get to this at some point. This is maybe a little bit later question because I I want you to get kind of through sort of this whole process before we talk about, okay, how do you navigate the messiness? But first let's talk, you you mentioned trust. So Mm -hmm. where are we going from there? Like what, what happens to rebuild Mm -hmm. trust and then kind of what comes after that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. As we've kind of reestablished the relationship balance in Mm -hmm. trust, like I said, we've, Mm -hmm. we've started the forgiveness process, right? Mm -hmm. We really started the letting go. And so one of the big components of that is couple grieving, Mm -hmm. right? And, and really what follows trust is this really important stage of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. You know, we're working on a, on a relationship that has a foundation, but it's still scary to kind of step out into that void and say, wait, but will I be hurt again? Yeah. Will they... Accept me, knowing my story. Right? It's it's scary for both betrayer and yeah. betrayed. Yeah. Um. But it's such an important step that once that trust has been established, now we have to start to get a little bit more vulnerable. Yeah. And part of that vulnerability is grieving together. Is yeah. it? It is acknowledging there has been a tragedy in this relationship. Mm-hmm. What 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 this relationship was designed for, it hasn't had a chance to experience mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm right because of these unwanted sexual behaviors because of this addiction because of this betrayal we've really been kept from what we deserve and that should that is a loss that we should mourn mm-hmm. we should lament we should grieve and we found that a lot of couples really miss this phase they mm-hmm. they miss the opportunity to be collectively yeah. kind of burdened by what's happened
1: and it's so important for establishing trust because for so many partners they feel very alone in their pain right even if you know their spouse can stop showing up defensively or minimizing or any of those right they still feel very alone and when they grieve together they finally feel connected they they feel like wait hey, this is i'm not on this journey alone you really understand what i'm going through because i can tell you are hurting too Right, and you're not hurting because I'm hurting. Right, it's not the oh, I'm sorry, I hurt you kind of grieving. It's the you no, know, I feel it in in my heart. My heart is breaking for us too, and what it has done to us. Right, and it's in that moment that a lot of trust can be reestablished. Um, there's a, a one of the my favorite kind of quotes about trauma talked about actually PTS. The, um, you know, war survivors that they struggled to trust people in their life when they came home from battle because they didn't believe those other people could understand their pain and where they've been. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we, we find that's the same in couples. Right. I can't trust that you understand my pain and where I've been until I see you feeling that same pain. Right. And yeah. so that's really what happens in that grieving process.
0: No, this yeah, go ahead. How how important is it along the way because I'll, I'll speak as somebody who listen I've got my own history of sexual addiction and you know a lot of times when a guy is coming out of you know years of deception and complete emotional you know ignorance and all kinds of things when you even just mention the honesty foundation he's like man <laughs> I, I've never been this vulnerable in my life But now you're saying, wait a second, we're like three stages away from honesty. And now you're saying that's vulnerability. How important is it as you're going through this in many ways to kind of defer and learn from the strengths of your partner? Because Mm, I do think, and I could be wrong, it's probably a bell curve here. But a lot of times the wife can maybe have more uh, just aptitude towards Mm -hmm. that vulnerability Mm -hmm. and being able to feel at deeper levels and sometimes the guy can just be totally stuck so how important is it for there to kind of be that ebb and flow of like (laughs) okay i need to defer and learn from her in terms of how to be more vulnerable
2: yeah there's that learning and there's that responsibility piece that we talked again in safety Mm -hmm. you know one of the things that i like to talk with guys about is there's a huge difference between honesty and vulnerability Vulnerability is me sharing with someone or a group of people something I really haven't worked through yet. Right. I, it is still it's still got a lot of power over me. Right. Or it still it still has a pretty hard effect on me. And I share that with people who who can handle it. Right. They can contain it. And that's maybe a, a therapist or a coach, potentially a pastor, a, a small group. And as I've worked through that, then I get to share that experience with my partner, right? Mm -hmm. And that's not actually vulnerability because I've worked through a lot of that power, right? Mm -hmm. That's just me being honest and showing up. Once we have trust reestablished in the relationship, now there's more space for me to share vulnerably because Mm -hmm. what I've demonstrated to my wife is, yes there are some things that still have power over me right the enemy has still kind of marked some territory in my life that i'm Mm -hmm. i'm working to get back and you know i have a process for dealing with it right Mm -hmm. she's seen me show up and so i will be taking on some new things i will be diving deeper Mm -hmm. but because of the structure i've built for myself up until now i am confident and she's in comp she's confident that we have a way of dealing with it. Right. And that's what allows for that really kind of mutual vulnerability, right. Where we're, we're working through more things together as a couple where before it was much more of like, Hey, this is probably he, you know, he's going to need space mm-hmm. to kind of work through this and then bring to the table. And she might need to do that as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause he's not able to contain it.
1: Mm-hmm. Now
2: we're both able to contain it.
1: Yeah. We definitely want it to be as mutual as possible. You know what you're saying is, Pretty right on for most couples, right? In terms of like, okay, the the betrayed spouse has more emotionally cue and ability to kind of share, like you said, share vulnerably and just kind of relational intelligence. We would we would caution couples on relying on that too much because it creates an imbalance. Right. and puts that partner as the the kind of teacher leader with the other person down here. Right. And so as we're rebalancing, we're saying we actually want less of that. We want that vulnerability to be mutual when it's happening. And that's where you will create the most intimacy. And so hopefully that kind of betrayer spouse who has a little more catching up to do has resourced themselves with groups, with individual help, with other places that they are practicing relational vulnerability, so they get to come and feel empowered and capable when they come back to that relationship. And obviously, any relationship there is going to be, hopefully, we are encouraging each other to grow, right, mm-hmm. and um, that that is happening. But we do want to encourage couples to be careful of that imbalance that can happen. And oftentimes, because that imbalance was already there, so it's really tempting to just fall back into that pattern, even in recovery. For uh, sure. my might-
2: we- my experience has been that we continue to 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 sell short men and their ability to love well mm-hmm. and to and to be in relationships well i my mentor one day after i'd been working with clients for a couple of years told me matthew don't forget we're not here to teach our clients how to be good they are good you know we are here to help them get the things out of the way that's really preventing that from them mm-hmm. i can remember the, the, the first incentive I went to three weeks after Discovery and and how I shared my story in, in a group of, of men and how just lovingly received and empathetic those men were. Now, these were all men in the early stages of recovery, but because my story didn't pose a threat to them, it was amazing at how they showed up so wonderfully. And I think you know a lot of our work is reminding couples like, you have come together because of your ability to be there for each other, right? And yes, there are some, there's some blocks and some challenges to that, but you still have this ability to hold space for each other beautifully. If you can work out those things that kind of get in the way that allow you to do that really safely.
0: And it's important too, to remember that the way the, that vulnerability is expressed won't be identical between a husband and wife. It shouldn't be. (laughs) We're different people, you know, we're literally DNA Mm -hmm. different, you know? Um, so now as, as all of this has been worked through, how does this then culminate in thriving intimacy in a relationship? Yeah, Yeah, there is something
2: about that bonding process of, of kind of going through this as a couple, right? As we've worked on each of these levels together. And that's why I think Joanne is right. We start couples work early because this is now our, this is our work. This is our journey. Mm -hmm. Now we get to experience the kind of fruit of our labor. Mm -hmm. And what that looks like is a relationship of equals. We are partners. We're excited about our relationship, right? We're really passionate about the fact that we get to live this life together. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the, what we are, what we are seeing in couples who really push into these later phases of recovery are incredibly high levels of satisfaction. Mm -hmm. They're really, they love their life. You know, Mm -hmm. they wouldn't, they wouldn't trade it. You know, they, they don't want the journey necessarily, but they say the destination I want, I don't want to lose. Mm -hmm. And so we see that in them and we see that them enjoying that.
1: Yeah. And we often see a, a deeper um, calling and purpose in those couples that I think really binds them together. You know, when you go through this process, it changes you in some pretty important ways, and changes the relationship in some pretty significant ways. That that brings deeper deeper meaning to to why we are together, why God has brought us specifically together, and what He wants to do through us, right? And and so for and if, for every couple that looks different, it may be actual recovery work and serving other couples it could just be we show up and we parent different because of what we've learned through this process right Mm -hmm. and so but every couple without fail has a different level of purpose that's present
2: yeah and we also see couples at this stage they're just wonderfully playful they've regained the joy Mm -hmm. in life that like i said they deserved and you you look at couples when they're when they're first dating and there's just there's this playfulness and joy Mm -hmm. and and, and, and for so many couples, really betrayal couples are not that joy can get so easily lost yeah. and couples yeah. who do this work together and really strive together to rebuild their relationship. There is so much joy in their life when, when they get to really enjoy the, the fruits of the process mm-hmm. and, and and you can just see it in them you know they have fun together they laugh they laugh at themselves you know they 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 can really truly be at peace and 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 i think we love to remind couples this is the relationship god wants for you right god did not design marriage to drag us down right it's to lift us up it's to reflect god it's to reflect yeah. the kind of relationship god wants with his people and with each other and so i think We love seeing that in couples because we're like, yes, that's the thing. That's that's what we're doing this for. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, before we uh, before we wrap up, I do want to ask one more question and then we're going to point people to your resources. What are some of the most common obstacles and challenges that you see that couples face that either stunt their growth, derail them, Mm -hmm. kind of prevent them from continuing on this path towards that thriving intimacy?
2: One is Joanna's talked about is that imbalance, right, Um, that there usually is an imbalance because, you know, as a betrayer, there's usually some some childhood trauma. There's some things that's happened in their life that's really caused them to really struggle with intimate relationships. Mm -hmm. Well, that trauma has kind of set them back in terms of relational skills or relational, you know, kind of understanding. And so there is some catching up to do. And what can happen is if they continue in that kind of imbalanced way, even if they're both growing, they're not experiencing that partnership and, it, and recovery will start to be very frustrating for both of them. You know, they'll, be, they'll feel like we've been working so hard, but we're not actually seeing any difference, right? It feels a lot the same. And so that's a that's a big thing for us that we're seeing in couples and really mm-hmm. trying to help them rebalance sooner, yeah. get more on the same page quicker so that they can continue to move up together.
1: And one of the other things we see a lot is staying too long in the individual healing journeys and not mm-hmm. putting the couple piece together in place. We have couples who have been in recovery for years, but each doing their own thing. And, and they hear us or see us and go, wait, but that's what we want. We want that connection. Why is it not happening? Right. And so really focusing on that relationship, you know, right away, very early on, um, you know, starting to put those individual recovery pieces together.
0: That's great. Well, this has been an excellent conversation. Where can listeners go to learn more about you guys and just some of the resources that y'all offer?
2: Yeah, the easiest uh, way to find us is to find our last name uh at www.rabsmithteam.com and you know we we love to be a resource for people. Um, we really we know that we're here because people shared with us the journey that they were on and the resources that they came across and wonderful resources like be broken and I think we love this community of sharing, right? There's so many good things out there and so we really love to connect with people help them find good resources, help mm-hmm. them if they need, you know, support directly and so that's yeah. the that's the best place to mm-hmm. to kind of find us and get started.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for what you're doing, uh the work that you're um doing, the the counseling, the workshops, all kind of stuff that you guys are doing. We appreciate it and thanks for being part of this conversation today.
1: Of course. Thanks, thanks so much, much for having us.
0: Yeah. Well, listeners, we're going to put uh, that link and some more resources from the Rabsmiths in Smiths in the show notes for today's program. Um, if you'd like just more help on taking your next best step, please reach out to us. That's what we're here for. And we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.